Hey everyone and welcome to Third Extra Lives, the podcast. I'm your host Tom Lynch and we have made it to episode number 20. That's a big old two zero, two digits, two decades worth of episodes. That's not what a, a decades, a year bunch, but here we could, we did 20, 20, here we go, alright. Uh, I just finally saw Spider-Man Homecoming, and that movie came out a while ago. Of course, I did all this research for this episode, and I didn't look up the release date of the movie... July 7th, 2017. Okay. I'm only about six months late. That's not that bad. Uh, so, I figure, you know, no one's seen it yet, right? So, uh, I'm going to spoil everything and uh, give you my thoughts on a very good movie uh that movie's really good i kind of avoided it uh, as i've avoided spider-man movies since the toby Maguire trilogy ended uh partially because that third movie was real bad and partially because i didn't need to see uncle ben die again i, I the origin of spider-man is as ubiquitous as the origin of batman so you know when those amazing spider-man movies came out i, I just couldn't I wasn't going to throw away a half hour of my life or more, you know, watching that origin happen again. Uh, so I completely skipped the both Amazing Spider-Man films, uh, which sounds like it was the right idea. I, I don't think I've run into anyone that says, like, yeah, you should go back and watch those. Uh, <laughs> so here we are at Spider-Man Homecoming. Uh, I know they were skipping the origin, but still, you know, not there's not really a pull for me. I love Spider-Man, always have. But I got my movies. Like I got so hyped up for those McGuire movies, and I liked those first two a whole a whole lot. Um, so so to come to have another Homecoming, another reboot, uh, it was just a tough sell. So I kind of skipped out, you know. Saw good things about it, just never got around to it. Finally, finally watched it last weekend, and man, it's just such a fun movie. They get so many things right about the character, uh, about how to pace a movie. Uh, they do better things with the villain than most Marvel movies do. Uh, it's just, um, like, I, I don't know, like, whoever they have at Marvel helping write movies, like, whatever think tank they 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 have or who they're giving it to, like, there's a whole long list of people involved in this movie, and they just, I guess someone at top at Marvel just knows how to make good movies. That's really all there is to it. I mean, we're not going to count Thor 2, because uh, that's, we're just not going to count Thor 2. We're not going to talk about it. We're, we're here to talk about Spider-Man and a good movie. So, uh, a couple things. Um, so, yeah. So, the the big the biggest thing for me is skipping the origin story. Like, I don't need to see Uncle Ben die. I don't need to watch Peter cry over that again. So, the, so that they... The idea that they just jumped right ahead into, like, he's just Spider-Man. He's living with Aunt May. Like, they're dealing with the death of Uncle Ben. But it's not, it's not the focal point. We're not watching a half hour of like nerdy awkward teenage parker like uh, although we do get plenty of nerdy awkward teenage parker but he's already become spider-man like he, he's got that kind of in his back pocket uh so yeah and and you know having him be uh you know essentially mentored by tony stark iron man robert downey jr all three of those names i should have just picked one but moving on uh it, it's a really good um a really good aspect to to give 
the character of Spider-Man, especially when he's younger. Um, they didn't. I feel like they don't really have that for him in the comics or in many iterations at all. He's just kind of off on his own. So the idea that he lives in a world where the Avengers happen, uh, where the assaults on New York happened, you know, they've seen crazy crap everywhere. You know, it, it's cool to have Spider-Man show up and be like, okay, like, I'm not the only game in town. There are other heroes. But I'm here to do my thing. And uh, and that's cool. Uh, just the world that they set up, the world that the Marvel cinematic universe has set up is very interesting to drop a street level hero in it's kind of what they could have done with daredevil if marvel would get over themselves and just align the tv and the movies and just let everyone just have fun in the same world um but i mean the netflix shows are much darker and this tone wouldn't work and there are many reasons why it didn't happen but I, I think it could have worked if if they had given it a shot but again i digress we're here to talk about spider-man spider-man homecoming um so what else did they do right oh man i've got a list they did a lot right uh, i think uh one of the coolest things they did is kind of twisting the characters away from the expectations you have of them so you know peter parker is still peter parker um but he has his best friend ned i think his name is uh which is clearly taken from uh ultimate spider-man miles morales um which is good i mean he should have like a friend to confide in and and i think like you know that kid's great like they do a good good job together um you know flash thompson you know making him also kind of a nerd like he still picks on parker but uh he uh you know he's not just the one note football guy anymore he's just he he's athletic but he's also on the you know decathlon or whatever it's called um you know i like making him more of a three-dimensional character uh, I'm not sure if Liz is supposed to be Liz Allen. I don't think it is, but that was my assumption through most of the movie. Um, there's no... I guess there wasn't a... Uh, Osborne, was there? Harry Osborne didn't exist. I wonder if they'll even... Huh. Just kind of realize that. Uh, and then, of course, the reveal of MJ at the end of the movie. Um, I forget what her name is going into it, too. Boy, I'm doing it. All the research I did, and I didn't bother to look up character names, so, uh, <laughs> Michelle. Uh, she goes by Michelle, so, uh, so I like the idea that they, they give that, you know, MJ name to someone different. Like, who knows if Mary Jane is actually going to show up, or if he's just, uh, or she's just not going to be in this world, but I, I just like the way that they twist all the characters that you think you know, uh, into something else. Um, you know, Michael Keaton as uh, Adrian Toomes slash The Vulture uh, is really good. Uh, he's great. He's always great. Um, the one thing, and this is kind of my only nitpick of this movie, and, you know, I'm sure people disagree with me on it. I wish there was some more mysticism in The Vulture. Um, to, to me, at least, and, and maybe it's just the Vulture stories that I read, in, you know, the 80s and 90s and such, uh, the Vulture has always been tied to some sort of weird mysticism of him, like, trying to become younger, like, trying to cheat, you know, age, um, you know, using, like, a, uh, the, the weird 
tomb book or whatever when he used to fight with tombstone and stuff like like I, I to me that character is tied in with mysticism that it's kind of a bummer that they go completely technological and uh and it's i feel like spider-man spider-man is is a character that can adapt to mystic properties and i think they should give that a shot um but maybe you know we've already got thor we've already got uh Guardians of the Galaxy, we've already got so many things that are so out there, like maybe Spider-Man just has to be street level and you can't do that kind of stuff, but, uh, you know, they made it work in Daredevil, you know, the hand shows up, you know, things aren't all as straight up as they seem, and I think they could have done that with this movie, kind of uh, give a little more to the Vulture, but it's not like he needed a ton. Uh, he was super interesting. I, I think his character is good. Like the idea that damage control comes in, takes away his job, so he just turns to crime because he's got to, you know, provide for families. Uh, he's still clearly evil. Uh, he murders that dude by accident uh, when one of his henchmen threatens to walk away. He just shoots him with a gun that he thought was not the murder weapon, but it was totally the murder weapon, and he just kind of shrugs it off. So, like, we kind of know he's not. He's willing to kill someone to save his, you know, quote-unquote family and the families of those people. Which, you know, if he wasn't a villain would be something we'd be like, oh yeah, he's so heroic, but he's, he's not. He's not a not a hero at all. Uh, and honestly, the, the reveal that he is Liz's dad and when he puts together that Peter is Spider-Man like so quickly in that car, it's so cool. It, it is... Like, in the McGuire Spider-Man movie, I always think about... I always think... It's just always on the top of my mind, just always thinking about that Spider-Man movie. Oh, boy, that Tobey Maguire. Um, <laughs> when, uh, when Norman Osborn realizes that Peter is Spider-Man when they're at dinner, um, and it's such a good, tense scene, and they not only replicate that with... Uh, this spider-man homecoming with uh the vulture i feel like they top it because it's just so cool because instead of being you know crazy green goblin and going off and like ranting he just straight up goes like look pete you leave me alone and you get to live and that's it that's all there is to it um and so you know you saw the movie you know peter splits and then goes and fights the vulture but that that scene was just so well done and he's so menacing and Peter is so clearly out of his element, but he knows he has to do something. It's a very good, very good Spider-Man moment. Um, I guess keeping with uh, the vulture here, uh, we also get our introduction to um, the guy that will be the shocker, I guess. Um, he punches Spider-Man in a bus a few times. He's kind of not given much, uh, but you know, he's a bad guy and he's willing to do some stuff to get whatever money he needs uh we there's a reference to mac gargan the scorpion uh which is pretty cool uh so he's as evil as he's supposed to be there was no j jonah jameson in this movie either realizing stuff that was missing from the movie but presumably if they go down the scorpion route they're going to bring jj in and make him into the scorpion which could be cool oh boy well, Bob's here, everyone. Once again, the cat that won't ever leave me alone when I'm trying to record. Hey, Bob, what are you doing? You're in front of the mic, but now you don't want to talk? Okay, great. 
anyway, I've 100% lost my train of thought. Uh, the, the villains. The villains in the movie are cool. I'm, they're setting up cool stuff, and uh, and they kind of give the Vulture a little bit of redemption at the end of the movie when they, you know, Gargan comes up and says, hey, you know, we're on the street as you know who Spider-Man is, and he doesn't give that information up. You know, whether he's trying to use that for long-term gain or if he really just you know doesn't want to kill the kid or want someone else to do it or what like i don't know but it's it's a cool aspect instead of just giving him up like you know he's he's willing to to sit on information that would probably you know get him out of jail you know out of the goodness of his heart or because he's got more sinister ideas but i just like that those layers they've given that character of the vulture and i think that leads to some cool stuff you know he could just show up in the next movie for 20 minutes, you know, send Doc Ock at him or something, and then he's gone. Uh, I, I just, they made very smart choices about how to set this movie up. And I think really he's the best Marvel villain since Loki. Um, you know, there are other decent Marvel villains along the way, but most of them are very one note. They go to jail and that's it. Uh, this is setting up a world in which he's gone to jail, but he's not gone. Uh, he can come back at any time. Uh, let's see. Ooh, the uh, Amazing Spider-Man number 33 homage, uh, which is, uh, that's the comic, it's very famous for uh, having been written, or having been drawn essentially without a script, and Stanley just went in and put words there, um, but that's the, the one where Spider-Man has to get up from the rubble and he has to remember all his friends and family and stand up, and he looks cool, and he's covered in water, and he's pushing stuff out of the way, and it's awesome, uh, so to see that replicated is uh is just really cool and it worked super super well in the movie they did a great job although he just kind of you know it was just him being spider-man was the spark for it, not his family and friends so it's a little different way to go about it but i think it worked it worked really well uh and it's just a great image of him just pushing all that rubble off him it's just great uh so the funny thing is right after the movie I started making notes because I started thinking about what I wanted to talk about. And one of the first notes I put down was, why is Donald Glover not Hobby Brown? He has to be the Prowler. Like, sure, maybe he's a little older, he can't be Miles Morales anymore, but how is he not the Prowler? And I was going to get all incensed about it. Sit down and start reading up. Uh, turns out he is the Prowler. He's just the ultimate version of it, uh, which is one that I never bothered to pay attention to who they were. Uh, but they were, you know, it's the character Aaron Davis, who is the Prowler in the Ultimate Comics. I had no idea. So uh, you're down to one one negative comment for this entire movie, Spider-Man Homecoming. So uh, good job. Uh, so yeah, Donald Glover, I-, I hope in the next movie he's able to put on a mask or a suit or something. Uh, it would be cool to see the Prowler, who uh, is one of my favorite villains slash heroes i really like the prowler he's cool as hell um so it would be cool to see that on the big screen um or on any screen honestly i guess he was in the 90s cartoon but i have a hard time believing the prowler rates on a lot of these other you know disney xd marvel cartoons these days um oh i almost forgot one of my favorite parts of the movie is my favorite, you know, superhero gag is Spider-Man in the suburbs 
where he has nothing to swing off of, nothing to hang from. He just has to run down the street. And I don't know why I always find that so funny, but it's always funny. And they did a great job with it where he's trapped at the, uh, the house party. You know, he's trying to stop the vulture. And, you know, tons of mishaps on the way, but just the part where he, he runs up to the water and just shoots a web into the sky because he's so used to there being buildings everywhere. Uh, it just speaks to, like, that character, uh, you know, being young and, and uh, you know, very very off the cuff, very like, okay, I've got to do this, and he's just used to doing a certain thing. He just runs and does it without thinking and, you know, has to kind of come to grips with where he is and what he's actually doing. And I think that's kind of what the whole movie is. Like, he he is used to doing a thing a certain way. Um, you know, ha- Bob's back. Um, having Tony Stark take away his suit and then give it back to him is... Uh, is it- yes, Bob. Can I help you? He's just shoving up on the pop screen now. Um... I guess he needs food or something. All right, I think that's going to do it. Uh, (laughs) Spider-Man Homecoming is a very good movie. If you have not seen it, I highly recommend it. They do so many smart things with the characters and the world, and I am very excited to see what they do following up uh, this movie, hopefully with another Spider-Man movie and not a billion spinoffs and all that crazy crap that Sony was talking about, making a Venom movie and then making a Black Cat movie. And they might be fine, but I just want to see this world. I want to see Black Cat hang out with Tom Holland. Like, those are the characters. These these are the Spider-Man characters I want to see going forward now. So, you know, giving me a spinoff of this universe without those characters, not going to do much for me. Anyway, all right. That's it. Bob is upset at something, so I am going to go feed him or empty his litter box or whatever the heck cats need. So, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, Once again, I have been your host, Tom Lynch. Uh, You can check out our webcomics at 30extralives.com every Monday and Friday. Every Wednesday, go to thecatholiesdies.com for our sister site and webcomic. This podcast, come back here every Tuesday for another episode, 30extralives.com slash podcast. You can also search for 30extralives, the podcast, on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, on Twitter, I am at tlinch117 and at 30extralives. What do you, what are you doing now, Bob? He's, okay, all right, he's gone. Uh, email, send me an email, 30extralives at gmail.com. Any kind of questions or topics you want me to cover, uh, I am, uh, piecing them together for a question type episode sometime in the future. And uh, Instagram, we're on Instagram at 30extralives. I think that's all, of, oh, facebook.com slash third extra lives as well uh come by give us a like you know this goes up on all those places um so you know check us out uh and by us I'm, there's all it's just me i don't know why i always say us and we and it's just it sounds better it sounds nicer in my brain so anyway thanks again everyone for tuning in i've been tom lynch and you've been awesome